Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920. The answer in this segment of the show, should you have a mansion? Should you have an estate? What's the difference? And what are the pros and sometimes even more importantly, the cons to buying a new construction home? You're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio, where we help you go from real estate novices to real estate experts. And remember, it is so easy to connect with us. Just go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O. G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments, push back. You can share ideas. You can request we do some additional research and feature your neighborhood in our neighborhood spotlight. And you can subscribe to our podcast. I'm joined in the studio by Christy Valley, my business partner. Thanks for sticking with us. Yes, of course. It's nice to have you here. It's fun to be here. So I don't know what you want to do long term from a housing standpoint. I know you still have kids in school, so it's important to live in an area with a good school district. And that's probably what drives everything right. you do in terms of where you live at some point in time and not the two not not and not right. the too distant future those boys are going to be gone yes. and i don't i don't want to make you sad or you might be going yay i get a little tired <laughs> of myself but they'll be gone and then you'll probably do something different people probably do not know but christy's husband chris is one of the agents on our team fantastic guy by the way talk about polar opposites you yeah. and he are opposites you and i are opposites which means he and i must be kind of similar probably, which uh, yes. is probably scary for both of us <laughs> um but so when i retire I want to live on an estate, but to me, an estate doesn't mean I want a big, huge, grand house. It means I want property, and I want a barn, and I want a tractor, and I want a you know a little backhoe, and I want stuff to have fun with, and I want to have a pond. So, what, in your opinion, is the difference between a mansion and an estate? So, a mansion doesn't necessarily need to be on acres and <clears throat> acres of land. Mm-hmm. Um, a mansion could be actually inside of a neighborhood. Yep. In fact, in some cases, there are neighborhoods with, they're all mansions. mansions. Every one of them is a, every yeah. one of them is a mansion. Um, so the, the biggest difference, I think, in my mind is when I think of an estate, I think of sprawling land, not necessarily a huge, ornate building. Yep. Um, could be multiple buildings, maybe mm-hmm. a guest house. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of a mansion... Um, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be on lots of acreage. Literally, I think mansion, more about the house, yes. estate, more about the property it, right. it, it is what I think. So this came from a listener question. Uh, this is Marjorie in Alpharetta who says, on a prior show, you mentioned what distinguishes a luxury luxury property from a traditional property, and we talked about price ranges. I don't sure, I'm not sure if you were involved in that discussion. You might have been. It seems familiar. Uh, the question is, what's the difference, this is from Marjorie, between a mansion and an estate? And she says, not that we can afford one, LOL. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe she can. And so let's talk about some differences, sort of the official from a real estate publication yeah. uh, differences. And they say, you know, the key feature of features of a mansion are number one size. And I think you and I can both agree that we're talking about something that's significantly bigger than the average right. house. I would say the average house in Metro Atlanta is 2,400 square feet or maybe yeah. 2,600 square feet. I would say the average mansion is what? Over 10,000 square feet. Over 10,000. Yeah. And probably including the basement. So maybe right. 7,000 above and, 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 and something in the basement. They also say that these homes tend to have luxury amenities such as grand entranceways and elaborate curved staircases and maybe marble or hardwood flooring high-end finishes i picture a mansion having appliances that cost like what a car cost 
Yes. You know, does that? Do you agree with that? Like a chef's kitchen. With everything, everything's high in wolf. Um, yeah. What's the other big big brand? Viking, uh, maybe. Viking, yes. Yeah. Having those kinds of things, I, I like that. It says they also might feature things like home theaters, indoor swimming pools, spa facilities. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and extensive landscaping. Now they also say that mansions tend to be architecturally more grand. Mm -hmm. And so it is true when you look at a mansion from the street, sometimes you just go, wow. Like I know going down East Paces Ferry, West Paces Ferry in yeah. Buckhead and looking at the houses on both sides of the street, you just look at those things and you just go, holy mackerel. Talk about get a, get a creating desire. Talk about creating a little bit of, of, of jealousy. One of the other things that this article says is that sometimes mansions can be historically significant. And that fits right into the ones that I was talking about on West Paces Ferry and East Paces right. Ferry. In some cases, those are historically significant homes. Right. You know, that, 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 that are, in some cases, down there 100 years old, 110 years old now. Yeah. And then location in terms of mansions, they can be in urban areas in the city or suburban or rural, rural areas. They can be pretty much anywhere. So as it goes into an estate, it says an estate is more extensive and comprehensive property, is a more extensive and comprehensive property, encompassing potentially a grand residence, but also extensive grounds, often with multiple structures, various amenities. They're designed for luxurious living in some cases and are typically owned by affluent individuals or families seeking a retreat from everyday life's hustles. But to me, an estate is not really for affluent families. Right. It doesn't have to be. Exactly. So they, they say the significant differences are land size. So how big, how many acres would something need to have for you to consider it to be an estate? Because to me, two or three acres is not enough. Yeah, and I think four might still be on the lower side. I think five is pushing estate style. Yeah. But um, when I think of an estate, I also think of the ability to maybe have horses and a barn like you mentioned. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and I believe you have to have... A, I don't know how many acres per horse, but... <laughs> oh, that's I would, true. There is a requirement. I don't know what that requirement is, but there certainly is one. There is, and I think at least five would be yeah. in a state. What yeah. do you think? Uh, 20. Yeah. So, so, but, and, and not, doesn't all have to be usable. So, like, maybe some of it's a floodplain, but I would want yeah. an acre or so lake or pond on the property. I would want enough room for a house. And I don't even think a, a, a big pretentious house or e even a lot of square footage, you know, three four thousand square feet which i know that is a lot but if not seven or eight yeah would be enough but maybe a swimming pool with a pool house small pool house maybe a little guest house right somewhere and then a, a, a barn or what i would really consider to be a workshop so yeah. I, I wouldn't ha i'm not a horse guy yeah. I, i'm I, every time i see a horse i'm like oh that sucker's in charge not me <laughs> so I, I, I don't always trust horses because i didn't grow up around them uh but i just want a place to put equipment i already know what kind of tractor i'm going to get i already know the little front end loader that i'm going to get i know exactly what i'm going to buy That's fun. and it is so fun but then i would like a place to have property so you can have maybe a trail that you could drive a four-wheeler off and through the woods and up over the you know I'm gonna call it the prairie you wouldn't have yeah. a prairie if it was 20 acres but you know what I'm talking about yeah. so for me it's more property it does say that an estate almost always has multiple structures and they say guest houses caretakers quarters now I would love to have a little place like maybe out toward Athens slightly north or south of there so you could buy mm -hmm. land a little bit cheaper and have a caretakers property where you let somebody live there and they yeah. help take care of it until while you're not there it says barns and stables and private chapels i haven't thought about that but people oh, can yeah. do like wedding chapels and other specialized structures i like that also says recreational amenities 
Okay. So mansions can have recreational amenities, but in some cases they're the neighborhood amenities. They're not really right. they're not really the amenities of um, of the the particular house. So what would be recreational amenities you would need? So I wouldn't need this, but I know oh. my husband would love it. Oh. Um, he would love probably to have a putting green, oh, putting or, a, green. or some type of small par maybe, three. Maybe even a tennis court. A tennis court for sure. Maybe even a tennis court. That'd be great. So it says tennis court, swimming pools, equestrian facilities, all of that. It says the states generally provide privacy, and it says they can either be historically significant or not. So whether or not you want a mansion or an estate, if you want to figure it out, best way to do it is go to gogaddisradio.com or call 770-497-0000. This segment of the show is brought to you by the law firm of O'Kelly & Sorahan. They're a full-service law firm with 26 offices throughout Metro Atlanta. They specialize in residential real estate closings, including home purchases, refinance closings, corporate relocation, and real estate contract review and title insurance matters. And what's so interesting, they can be reached by calling 770-497-0000. But what's so interesting is they really do serve their customers like we serve our customers. They do. Meaning they will fall all over themselves to make things right for you. So the next question I have is... We got a. We received a listener question from Gary and Cummings. Says they're considering buying new construction home. What are the pros and cons of buying new construction? Because really, building a new home is exciting, but you know, before purchasing a new construction property, there are really some potential drawbacks that people need to think about. So, what would you say are some of the pros? Of so, buying a new home. Uh, we we've purchased two new construction. The one of, you live in now was it new construction? No, when you it's okay. not. Um, two were new and two have been resales. Okay. Um, the pros have been everything, all the warranties on everything. Everything's oh, that's, new. I didn't think about that. Everything is new. The appliances have warranties. The roof is under, everything yep. is under a warranty. Yep. And so normally that's pretty much everything for a couple of years and then maybe structural for mm -hmm. 10? 10 Is that, that common? Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, that's a good pro. Yes, absolutely. And then just the maintenance cost alone. Yep. You don't typically walk into a new construction home needing to do any major maintenance. That's exactly right. So. Well, if if you do, <laughs> then you didn't pay attention as you as you bought it. Right. And one of the things that I love about new construction is I call it the cootie factor. It doesn't have cooties. It doesn't have somebody else's cooties in it. And I know we didn't talk about cooties since we were in elementary school, yeah. but it doesn't have anybody else's germs or dirt or anything anywhere, which is really quite right. Quite attractive. Quite, exactly. It has that new construction smell. Exactly. So you, uh, it's already personalized or customized easily. It's extra clean, no need for updating. It's energy efficient, much more energy efficient. How about the cons? And we've only got about a minute left in this segment. And by the way, if you're if you got a little time, stay with me for the fourth sure. segment as well. Um, what are the cons? Cons of new construction. Typically, it's going to be a little less square footage than you would get for a resale yeah, for I would, the amount you pay. That's right. I would say in today's world, if you were trying to get apples to apples, you'd pay 20% more for a new home than you would right. for a resale, maybe even a little bit more. Um, some other cons. Typically, they are in an HOA community. Most And, and very restrictive in yes. terms of compared to 20 years ago. In a lot of cases, you have limited options, meaning you only have four choices from that builder or six choices or something yes. like that. So you don't have tons of, of additional choices. Yeah, without, being, uh, without doing a custom build if yep. you're just buying a new construction in the market most of them are going to be 
a set number of floor plans that you can choose from. Exactly. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but stick with us. We'll finish this topic, and we've got a few other topics. In our neighborhood spotlight, we're featuring Sugar Mill in Johns Creek. We're going to also talk a little bit about flipping houses, and I'm going to give you some of my personal experience on houses that I flipped that were flips and good flips, <laughs> but I also have some stories about some flops. Stick with us, and we'll be back. 